Welcome to Life on Less Meds, a podcast that reveals the truth about drug side effects and the best strategies to manage them. And now your host, Dr. Yosef Wittering. Hi, I'm Dr. Yosef Wittering, and today I'm joined by uh, Sheila Wojo-Rich. And uh, this is the first of an interview series, hopefully one that's going to be on a weekly uh, cadence, and we're going to be covering kind of important topics uh, about drug tapering uh, uh, from you know, uh, for psychiatric drugs. There's a lot of content on um, on this page about withdrawal injury and, and such. Today's topic is more broad. This is for someone who may not have a protracted withdrawal injury. It's it's still relevant if you do, but it's a it's a more broad topic for, for everyone. Um, and so uh, I'm going to introduce Sheila. So she is a, she has her own uh, long-term SSRI use and withdrawal experience. She's been on a medication tapering journey since 2017. She's also a therapist and a coach, and she's involved uh, uh, in the withdrawal advocacy community, and she's a member of the Inner Compass uh, initiative team, which you may know of. And if you don't know of them, you should go and check them out because they're doing really good work over there uh, You know, with Inner Compass and the Withdrawal Project and all of their communities. So, uh, Sheila, Welcome. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. It's really yeah. nice to be able to chat with you. And thank you for doing the work you're doing, too. It's obviously much, much needed. Um, so we really appreciate you. Okay. Well, thank you. So so why don't you go ahead and in, in, introduce the topic? Yeah. So a question that, uh, you know, often comes up is how might someone set themselves up for success, you know, before they start, if they have the luxury of setting themselves up for success before they start a psych drug taper. How much, mm-hmm. what might be important there? Okay. So one important thing is, is, is really being like clear about why you are wanting to come off the medication. So, um, and there's a multitude of reasons for this. You know, you could be, you could be in a place where you don't even know if the drug is helping you anymore. And you're just simply, you know, you, put on this medication 10 years ago and 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 you don't even feel it anymore and and you're saying well I want to lower my medication burden over time and I think this is going to help me in the long run so and sort so, of like maybe like curiosity like what you know even like what's my baseline what might I be like yeah, you know exactly. without, without this mhm and i mean when it comes to antidepressants and things like that this could be things like I wonder what my sex life might be like with it. Cause as you may know, you know, there's, there's a lot of sexual side effects with antidepressants. I mean, there could also be like weight side effects as well. So you might, yeah, it, it could be, what's my mental baseline like, but what's, what's also my physical baseline like, and. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and everybody's why, you know, I have a lot of these kinds of conversations. Everybody's reason is different, right? Everyone's reason will be different. Everybody has a different sort of relationship to the drug. Um, and so we, we ask people to really sit with, you know, their own relationship to the drug. And, and sometimes it's, you know, a decades long relationship with this drug. It's almost, it's like a relationship with a person, right? I'm about to break up with this really big part of my life, um, you know, potentially. So it can bring up a lot of feelings of doubt, right? Fear, excitement. Mm -hmm. Um, so it could really important to sit with those and and sort of and feel really grounded into that why i'm coming off for mm-hmm. when if and when things start to get hard yeah 
Yeah. I, I love that because because that's why you need the why, right? Because it's yeah. Because because it's not going to go well. I want to say this, you know, but commonly it doesn't go smoothly. You know, it's. Uh, I mean, that's the whole process of withdrawal. It's a steady removal of the drug, which is going to put you into a state of discomfort as your brain readapts to the absence of that. So, I mean, the process of coming down, it's, uh, you know, you, you, if, 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 it's going, if it's going smoothly, essentially, it's just the opposite effect of the drug. So, you know, we're sure. talking about ramped up anxiety, you know, on the SSRIs, same with the, um, you know, benzodiazepines, but you know, they can even be things like paranoia, you know, agitation, irritability, and you need to be so, you know, solid about the why. So you can kind of grab onto it when you're in that storm and it's kind of pushing you side to side and you can kind of push, push through. Yeah. And I really liked what you said about, um, you know, being a relationship because a lot of the people that come to our, to my practice, it's like, you know, they're opening a door, they're opening a new chapter in their life and they're saying, you know, who, who, who am I off this drug? Can, can I do it off this drug? Can I be functional at work in my relationships? You know, can I handle situ, you know, social situations without it? And it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of like this, this rebirth. So. Oh, uh, and I like I, that. It's, yeah. It definitely can be a rebirth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so yeah, the reasons why, you know, you want to discover life without, medication i mean a, a lot of what i deal with is you know this kind of lingering concern about you know if you have a protracted withdrawal injury it's it's usually when people get to that stage that they're, they're, they're kind of done with medication <laughs> a lot of them they're just saying i've been burned so hard and i just want to be off either just for that reason or maybe they're they're worried that there could be some lingering damage going on and it's uncertain if that's happening but that also can be like a very valid reason to want to come down have i missed anything sheila any other kind of common reasons that, that you see uh, for people who, who want to stop these medications? Um, so, no, I, w- I would think, you know, I would think about the timing, the timing of the timing in someone's life of starting embarking on a, on a taper mm-hmm. is something really important. Um, assessing your, your living situation, you know, am I, is there a major life event happening Right now, um, everyone has stress, but is it a period of like significant stress? You know, people mm-hmm. going through divorces or, you know, a death, recent death or, you know, uh, things like that. I think, you know, the timing, if you, again, have the luxury, the timing is really important to consider. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, completely. And, and and that's right. Yeah, if you if you have the luxury, I mean. So in a in a perfect world, you know, if you if you have if you have time and resources, some things that you'd want to consider is, um, uh, you know, can I can I take some time off work if if things if if you know things don't go well, you know, um, do I have family around who could support me? Uh, right, a support and, and it, system. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and then also it's like, do we have? Um, uh, do you have the finances? You know, let's let's say you're in a pretty bad place for you know six months or something like that. Can you ride through that? Right. Obviously, you know, if if, if that's not something that you can do, there's always kind of FMLA. Le- well, there's there's disability essentially. Right. There, there's there's short term disability and long term disability, which can be used mm-hmm. as well. But ideally, you know, you don't have to use that if you if you don't have to. Um, 
And yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. people become so, you know, they, they're really struggling and they need help with finding, you know, just practical help with finding, you know, disability information or any kind of information that they might cognitively not be able to, to figure out or whatever. So if you can think of it ahead of time, like, hey, here are the, the people who I can trust and who will be part of my team, you know, that I know can help me with this if things get hard, right? Um, sure. Who else do you think would be part of, obviously, you know, a doctor or a, a withdrawal savvy practitioner like yourself, um, yeah. you know, peers from the community. I always say, oh, yeah. you know, right, mm-hmm. find people who've done this, find people mm-hmm. who walk the path, talk to them. Um, yeah, and I, I'd say the, I guess also it's like the degree of support you need probably depends on where you are when you're starting this. So, uh, you know, we we both know, you know, we want to do slow, patient-led, flexible tapers when people are coming down. It's quite possible, you know, that that you may not need to take time off work, that you'd be able to come straight through and yep. and, and you're okay. So that's like one group of people. But then... Yeah, no, absolutely. There are people who can, can you know, they don't really have, they don't miss a step. They're able to taper and, and slowly and carefully and, mm-hmm. and maintain their life. And then there's this other group and people, they, you know, they know they're in this group eventually. It's like maybe they've already gone through an unsuccessful withdrawal. They're having protracted withdrawal symptoms. Those tend to be the people who they're going to want as much support as they can get. They're going to want to make sure the timing is right if they can, because um, that that's kind of a higher risk group when it comes to severe symptoms. So, you know, if you're in this, so I'd say if you're in the, you know, if, if you're not having any significant withdrawal problems, you know, I would say what's essential is it, it's, it's really, it's really the, you know, the, the prescriber, I think, um, because you need someone that's going to be able to work with you and do a very gradual patient-led taper. You know, we're talking 5% every, you know, two to four weeks, you know, to find a nice rhythm to go down. Right. Um, That's st- so helpful um, <laughs> for sure. People yeah. do it on their own. People do, you know, but having a practitioner who really gets it, it can make all the difference. Mm-hmm. Really- I mean, it's the difference sometimes between uh, getting an injury and not right, because at, at least anecdotally what we see in the withdrawal community the highest risk period for developing the kind of protracted withdrawal symptoms the neurological injury is right is 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 during a rapid withdrawal that's i would say that's more than half of the patients you know that i see in my practice have developed it that way the rest they kind of just emerge um but so that's the most important thing if you are not injured and you just want to come off get get the right coach that's going to follow your lead and help you come off it could be a uh, sorry a, a prescriber. It could be a it could be any kind of physician. You know, psychiatrist, family medicine. It could be a nurse practitioner. It could be a physician assistant. They they just need right. to know. But if you're someone that's having kind of more severe withdrawal symptoms, and we're talking someone that might might be you know fairly disabled by them, you know, may have some yeah. cognitive problems and such. You want the team. So. Uh, important people in that team. You know, prescriber of course is important. Coach can be really important as well. Uh, family members that family members and friends that are, I would say are, you know, wise to what you're going through. They're not going to. Yeah, you know, this make- is a tricky, yeah. tricky yeah. area sometimes, right? <laughs> uh, because, I mean, we can have a whole conversation about this alone, but the fear that some others close to you might reflect and bring into 
your space when you are trying to do this can be actually really hurtful, you know, and, and the opposite of what people need when they're going through it. So to really select those people carefully, um, I think is, is important. And sometimes, you know, people don't have anybody it, mm -hmm. and, and they can still do it, but it's more challenging. I'm going to pull on that thread because I think that's really interesting and something that I've seen and worthy of kind of uh, discussing. What's the difference between a helpful support family member or friend and one that's not so helpful? What do you see as, as the difference? Yeah. Expand on that. Yeah. I mean, helpful would be like, you know, what can I do for you to help you through this? How can I be supportive to you? Right. As I'm thinking of my own experience specifically, but also people that I know and have worked with. And, you know, sometimes people need just practical help. Sometimes people just need someone to sit with them. Sometimes people need someone to talk to. Um, so somebody who's open to giving, showing up for you in a way that's helpful. Again, this is different for everybody. Um, but something, things that are not helpful for sure are people who are denying the withdrawal experience. I see that all the time. They're scared. They don't understand. They might think that it's somebody's, you know, mental illness coming back and they need medication. Um, so, you know, obviously if they're projecting that, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be helpful when you've made the decision, no, this is what I'm doing. Uh, something that else that would be helpful is just to, for people in your life to believe you, to believe you. And again, ask, how can I be most mm -hmm. important to you during this time? Um, mm -hmm. that aren't going to give you pushback and aren't going to, you know, uh, ring emergency when you, you know, if things get really hard and, you know, um, or try to convince you that you shouldn't be doing this. Um, yeah, it's, there's a couple points I want to pull on there. One is the, um, I guess the, you know, when, when, when family members get, get nervous or when friends get nervous, you know, and this is different from them. They, they, they may come and come to you and say, you know, tell me all about this. I want to understand as understand and educate you but a lot of the times that doesn't happen usually they just panic and what happens a lot of the times when they panic is they're going to turn to what they consider to be you know very authoritative sources of information and so they'll yeah. say well you know you're okay you're coming off this benzo you know i you know you're, com you're coming off xanax and you're really suffering i mean you must be physically dependent on it maybe you need to go to a rehab and then they can kind of push you into that direction which is Exactly where you don't need you know, you don't you don't need to be going. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, that could be you know really catastrophic. I've seen it many times, many mm -hmm. times. And again, this brings us back to the why, like the beginning, the reason why you know why it's so important to know why you're doing it in the first place to be able to even have it written down, right, or mm -hmm. have a trusted friend that can remind you like this is why this is your your why you know so you can hang in there when it gets really tough, or if you're met with, you know, naysaying by the people closest to you, it can be hard to, to, you know, in a withdrawal state to stand up to people who love you, who care about you, you know, it's a very complex situation. And it's, you know, it's like hard enough having to advocate for yourself in a medical system that may not be aware of these things. If right. you know, you get you're being second guessed by your, you know, your partner who's there with you just saying, yeah. well, you know, the psychiatrist thinks, you know, this is your underlying depression and you need to take the Lexapro, you know, yeah. and then it just, 
I mean, that, 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 that can be terrible. So, I mean, two important things, you know, when it comes to having a, a support person, it's they need to get it, you know, they, 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 they need to understand what it is and the kind of psychological effects it can have on someone. So it doesn't frighten them because when you're in the midst of the withdrawal and you're having catastrophic thoughts and you're saying things like, I'm not going to make it, you know, this, you know, my life is over, I'm losing my mind, they can sit there and just say, you know, rub your back and just say, you're going to be okay. This is just, you know, this is just temporary and you're going to make it um, and kind of just calm you down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Um, I need to know. know, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry. The the supporters themselves, and this is something else that comes up all the time. And that is, is so important, I think is for the supporters to get their own support, right. While they're dealing Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. supporting people going through it. Yeah. And, and so, one of the things, one of the great things about working with a coach, you know, even, you know, all, all working with a, a withdrawal savvy provider is they can educate your family. They, they can make sure that yeah. they know. Because mm-hmm. I have a lot of people asking, you know, they, they, they kind of get sucked into the, into the catastrophic like thought chaos of their partner. And, you know, I need to tell them, I mean, this is my general stance on it. I'm just like, the thoughts that they're having, you know, they're, they're coming off a brain in withdrawal. You don't really, you know, I would not engage with them because they might say some crazy stuff sometimes and you need to not get caught up in the thoughts. It's just like, hey, you're going to be okay. You know, we're just, just reassur- you know, surface level reassurance. I'm comfort. here for you yep. and just ride it through rather than them kind of getting stuck in, you know, the chaos of, you know, the, the person's thoughts. So Yeah, yeah, because it could be easy for that to happen. So I, I, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's easier said than done. I, I mean, I know me, you know, sometimes, you know, if my wife is upset with me, I'll, you know, I'll get caught up in the reasons, but it's, it's something completely different. It's just like, oh, you know, you need me to be a better listener or something. And and so it's, there's yeah. all, there's all different, um, you know, there's things are, I would say, you know, like in a relationship, sometimes, you know, things aren't what they seem like on the surface and they really just need the reassurance there. Um, exactly. I, you know, I experienced it firsthand. But the first time I went through acute withdrawal, my husband, he wasn't great. He was mm-hmm. almost awful, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, we've spoken about this over the years, like he had to learn. And as he learned, things got better and things got calmer. He was able to show up for me and support me in the way that I that I needed. But it also took me, you know, learning to self soothe and, and that I was okay. And, you know, I needed support. And once I was able to sort of feel a little like, okay, I'm not going to die. This is withdrawal. It's going to get better. It, you know, and then he calmed down too. It's, it's really, it takes both people being willing to really open, be, you know, listeners listening, like you said, is, is super important. So. Yeah, and it's a process. So don't feel bad if it, you know, if your partner doesn't get it quite yet, you know, it just, it takes yeah. some time to so stick with it. Um, and we have support now available that we didn't have years ago. You know, it's, mm-hmm. this is all really um, progressing. So. Mm-hmm. So let's think uh, other things that people should be aware of before doing the taper. Um, it's uh, let's see, yeah, learn, learning the process. So yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, um, learning the process it's you know the aston Ma- manual can be pretty overwhelming but it's 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 good to have a look at i mean if you really wanted to kind of dumb it down i mean what i say it's 
you know, 5% cuts every two to four weeks with in, in a flexible taper, typically slowing down towards the end. Um, uh, as, as you may have, you may know, you know, as you get to the lower range, you know, the drops, they have a bigger effect on yeah. um, precipitating withdrawal. So you want to keep it yeah. very steady and gradual. And so you just kind of cut it down at the end. Um, no, what hard else? And I mean, fast, no hard and mm-hmm. fast rules, like is what I yeah. usually tell people, like some people are able to go fast, you know, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then they it, like just always following someone's lead, I would guess, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I think other things that are, uh, you know, uh, that I think are important um, is, uh, you know, looking, you know, getting your medications reviewed as well. You know, some medications, they, they, they can worsen your anxiety. I mean, if you're taking stimulant medications, if you're taking some types of antidepressants like Wellbutrin, that may make things a little trickier. So there's a certain way to structure the removal of other medications to make the withdrawal a little easier. That's right. one thing that I think is good to look at. Another thing is reducing caffeine, uh, nicotine type products. Obviously, that helps because we're going to be purposely putting your body into a very gradual, you know, increased state of anxiety, so it readapts. And you know, if you have these other, you know, substances that cause like a roller coaster of your kind of sympathetic right. nervous system, it just makes it, a, a, it makes it a rockier journey. Um, yeah, which is yeah, also why you know, it, if you can preparing for a taper, you know, you can sort of start to implement all of these things um, mm-hmm. with like, physical and emotional health um, beforehand, ideally again, right? Yeah. Um, what are some other some other things? Maybe, you know, how, how am I taking care of myself now, mm-hmm. right? It is a good question. Do I have routines? Do I have a sleep? How is my sleep, right? How am mm-hmm. I eating? Um, how does my foundation feel? Um, well, yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about the the eating and the diet. What what would you advise people when when it when it comes to that? You know, that's, that's a, hard. Mm-hmm, yeah, it's mm-hmm. tricky because you never want to tell people. There's no like eat this and then you won't have withdrawal. Eat this, eat perfectly, and then you won't have symptoms. It's a, but you know, it's generally thought to be you know true that if you are you know, maybe eating whole foods and not as much processed stuff, sugar, caffeine, all that, you know, that your system will be in better shape to, to taper. So, and that could be, I mean, people are vegans, vegetarians, but I don't, you know, whatever's right for you, I would say is right, but maybe whole foods, you're not eating a bunch of junk. You're not, you know, mm-hmm. living on caffeine or riding sugar roller coaster, right? Like, Mm-hmm. Uh, basic things like that but again i'm really careful not to be prescriptive about you know you have to eat this and or else you want because that could also get people really stuck, yeah. right Do yeah you see that in your practice um i um i feel like generally in my practice you know i, I deal with sicker people and most of them have already kind of shifted towards like a low-carb diet um okay. and um um, I guess, you know, mainly for that, for that reason, you know, more of that kind of keto type diet, but I also have people who don't change their diet at all and they successfully taper. And they, um, and, and everybody heals eventually. Yeah. And this is what, yeah, I like to try yeah. to, it's, you know, it's not a make or break, but for some people it could significantly help. I learned during my process that I am intolerant to gluten, for example, mm-hmm. um, making everything worse. 
it's something that I, you know, my gut isn't, it still doesn't handle well. So that made a significant difference for me. Um, and then, you know, I do, I see it going the other way. It could cause people to kind of stress and obsess over, you know, did I eat something wrong? And that's why my symptoms are are heightened today. Or, you know, it's impossible to say though, for sure. In what sure. Right? So what can you do the best you can, I would say. Um, yeah, yeah. And you I mean, have to some... sit there and eat ice cream sometimes. Like you have to, like, that's, you know, when the going that's gets- true. That, yeah, that, that, that's completely true. I mean, I have patients that taper while drinking alcohol, just and it, and and they're and they're okay with it. I have other patients, yeah, um, that use cannabis um, pretty frequently, even though that's not recommended. It's like you do you, but it can help significantly with some people. And I know um, it, one thing to consider. I think it's worth thinking about uh, diet if you're having a lot of GI stuff going on. If you're someone that's having like you know, kind of alternating diet, diarrhea and constipation yeah. and you just kind of feel off that might, you might, that might be more high yield for you to say, maybe I'm going to sure. cut out dairy. Maybe I'm going to cut out gluten yeah, and just kind of see, yeah, and just see. Yeah. If you're not having a lot of problems, I wouldn't say, think that, Oh my God, you know, you're going to derail your taper and it's not going to work. Cause that's just not the case. You know, that yeah. it, it, I've seen a lot of people do just fine without yeah. changing their diet. No, um, spot on. Yeah. Okay, and so informed mm-hmm. consent, it just came up when when you were talking about, you know, using different things during, you know, during a taper that people use marijuana or, you know, whatever it is, alcohol. you can provide them with what we know about mm-hmm. the drugs and the possible effects on the brain, right? And and then it's kind of in their hands after that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, trying to think, you know, uh, another thing is, let's see, I mean, taking care of yourself. So, I mean, eating well. Um, Just thinking, you know, sort of nervous system supporting, like the things I wish I had in place before I started initially. Perfect, yeah. Uh, ner- nervous system supporting practices. Like, you know, now I live by breath work. It's, you know, what I try to teach people is the best and fr- most, you know, affordable tool because it's in your body and you don't have to go anywhere for it is, you know, a breathing practice, um, meditation, whatever works for you. Not everyone likes to sit in silence, but you don't have to. There are so many different types available. Um, you know, thinking about the, you know, are you exercising? Are you able to exercise? That could be really helpful if, if you know, that's uh, available to you. Um, yeah, to yeah, yeah. Just, just, um, you know, having, the, I guess, the the tools in your belt for. You know what? What am I going to do when I'm, you know, in a really kind of sympathetic overdrive state with catastrophic thoughts, and I can't kind of calm down? Um, you know, all of the things that Sheila just mentioned. I mean, they're those are the types of tools that you need to use to self soothe. Especially the breath work is excellent. We had Jen Lee on the other day, and she was talking about that that kind of stuff. But she was also talking about soothing people. You know, sometimes you may not be able to do it on your own. The best thing is just to go to someone who's not in the chaotic mind state who could just, you know, hold you. It's okay. You know, so, so there's going to be all of these different tools. Absolutely. Yes. I, I, I couldn't do it during my first taper. I didn't have that in place. I would go to, I had one person that I would see and I would only be able to sleep on the nights that I saw her. She did. She mm-hmm. was kind of a 
you know, she would do music therapy and all kinds of things, but she was soothing. <laughs> so it's like, find, find those people um, yep. if you can. So I think this is, um, I mean, we, we've kind of touched on the main points. I think that this is a, a good overview of the things that you should keep in mind if you're uh, embarking on a taper. Um, I guess one, one other point, which I'll add on just quickly, and, you know, this is more for the people who have the the uh, protracted injury, you know, they rather than, than someone who's coming down gradually. What I yeah. see with the people who have the protracted injury and what I think is important for you to understand is that Sometimes it has a life of its own. It's the symptoms aren't linear. And so no. they kind of go up and down, up and down, up and down. And one thing which is really important to keep in mind is it's just that you remember that because otherwise, just like Sheila was mentioning, you start to think, you know, you have a flare up one day and you're like, oh my God, it's because I ate this food or, um, you know, you know, it, it was because I, you know, dose reduced as well. You know, the, the dose reduction is, is too much, even if it was like a 2% reduction. Right. Just being aware that it's it's going to be a rocky ride on the, way on the way down and to not kind of get caught up into too many of the things and make these associations because you can drive yourself crazy doing that. And, and, Absolutely. And, and we do, and I have, and I probably yeah. will again one day. And it's just yeah. like, Again, why support is so important, like having people remind you. Sometimes we I've been doing this for so long and it, I, I still need reminders. I still need reminders. Like it's, you know, mm -hmm. um, part of it. So the nonlinear, right? The That's, it's so important to reinforce yeah. that thing. I totally agree. Yeah. 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 So I think we are, um, um, I, th I think this is a good place to end. Uh, Sheila, it has been a pleasure to have you here. I'm looking forward to talking again. And uh, yeah, this was great. Thank you so much. It was great yeah. to chat. Please, please comment um, down below as well in the video. What topics do you want us to cover? We will, we will kind of try and do this fairly frequently. And uh, you know, anything that you put below is fair game. And uh, we, you know, we want this forum to kind of help answer these questions. So great. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks, Sheila. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you want to see the full video interview, we also post these to YouTube. Just go to Wit During Psychiatry on YouTube to find those. You'll also find several YouTube exclusive videos from Drs. Yosef and Marissa posted several times a week. Finally, if you need help with your drug taper, getting a second opinion, or managing your post-acute withdrawal, come visit us at WitDuringPsychiatry.com. Our sole focus is on helping patients regain control of their lives and achieve optimal mental health on as little medications as possible.